Welcome to Your Strata Property, the podcast for property owners looking for reliable, accurate, and bite-sized information from an experienced and authoritative source. To access previous episodes and useful strata tips, go to www.yourstrataproperty.com.au. Hello and welcome. I'm Amanda Farmer and I have with me today Rena Van Alst. Hi, Rena. Hi, Amanda. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you very much. We are getting towards the end of January already. My gosh. I know. It's quite scary, isn't it? How time flies <laughs> and how the holidays have just been going by really quickly. Mm, that's it. I know um, a lot of my colleagues weren't planning on heading back to the office until after Australia Day. So still a little bit quiet around, but next week we'll be back in full force. I think each week, Amanda, on the roads, you tend to see that um, the traffic is increasing mm. slowly, but each week it increases more and more. So yeah. back to school soon, all of yeah. that fun stuff. <laughs> all right, let's jump in. What's been your challenge this week, Rena? Well, at the end of last year, Amanda, um, one of my schemes had their annual fire safety statement due this year, but obviously we, we try and start getting quotations for the contract to be reissued because at the time they weren't happy with the, with the incumbent company, which I had only inherited once I had taken over the scheme earlier last year. And the following week, it was just a coincidence, I received an email from a company that I've never really heard of saying, we're going out on this day to do an inspection. And I said, well, who are you? Like, <laughs> he said, oh, well, you know, we have a contract with this scheme. And I said, but last year, early in the year when we were having to get our annual fire safety statement submitted, your company wasn't the company that was being used to do the testing or the repairs. He said, oh, no, here's the contract that the managing agent, the previous managing agent had signed. And I, I said, well, can you send it to me? I didn't have any record of it. So they sent it to me. And I thought, that's strange. And and also what had happened was that the managing agent had been asked to pay the amount in advance. So it was paid for in 2016 for 2017 testing, even though the testing had not occurred as far as I was aware because, again, I'd taken that scheme on in February and, and we had another company doing all the um, testing and repairs. So we looked up the records that we had and we found that that had been paid in advance and they said to us, well, yeah, the contract just renews by itself unless you give us notice. And I said, well, again, give me a copy of, of your contract and they did and that's what it said. And and. I said, well, you've only given me very short notice and we, had, we were already going to appoint somebody else. But I thought, well, if, if the scheme's already paid for it and the committee were totally unaware of this, mind you, which is one of the reasons that they left the previous strata managing agent, they said, we're not aware of this. Um, if we've paid for it, we might as well get them to do the testing. And I said, of course. It's, you know. And because they'd given us such short notice, we obviously couldn't comply with the date that they had set. And the week after, they said, well, now that contract's run out now. You've got to pay us again what? to have us retest. And I said, no. I said, you know, we weren't aware of the contract. And they said, well, and they sent me an invoice. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Anyway, I said I'm not paying it. And so we appointed somebody else now and we're going to be looking at the paperwork that had been issued. But one thing I wanted to state to our listeners, which is something that I've always told these companies, is under the Australian Consumer Law Part 2.3, it talks about unfair contract terms mm-hmm. for consumer contracts, which obviously this is an owner's corporation is deemed to be a consumer under the law. And it says that the contracts cannot automatically renew themselves without proper notice. We didn't even know that they were even going to come until we just got an email. And mm-hmm. I really don't know, Amanda, how they found out that, that we were the agent because, again, that unless probably the previous managing agent, I think, had told them that they'd lost the plan and it had come to us. So, 
Yeah, I just wanted to raise that. Yeah. Um, I think there are many – and I think I've seen a lot in lift companies where they have these five-year agreements and then if you don't tell them, Amanda, three months before the anniversary date, then they just roll over. And, again, I've had that happen with one of the major companies. And I wrote to them. I said, I'm sorry, Australian Consumer Law, here's a section. You can't automatically renew this contract without proper notice. And, yeah, and they basically accepted what we had said. So I think this is a good lesson for – Australian managing agents and owners corporations out there that when a company tells you, oh, it's automatically renewed because you didn't give the notice period, you didn't terminate the agreement in that notice period window, which can range from three months to one month on average, then the contract cannot automatically renew itself. It doesn't get renewed. Yeah, thank you very much for sharing that, Rena. That's some really good practical advice and a prime spot for strata managers and owners to get stuck on when it comes to fire safety because mm. it is something that's obviously at the top of your list of concerns and to make sure that you are compliant. And I hadn't heard that before, that there were companies out there who fire safety in particular who were entering into these kinds of contracts or proposing these kinds of contracts for buildings and then taking advantage of that auto renewal. Yeah. So I'm sure there's other managers out there as well who might have gone through that experience and hopefully can check out the Australian consumer law and use that to their advantage. Yeah, I think also because right, with fire safety and having an annual fire safety statement date where the statement is due, Amanda, it puts a lot of pressure because if yep. you've got a deadline you've got to meet and someone's holding you to ransom, then that's where I think the issues can, can arise. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'll be interested to know how you go mm, with this particular yeah. company as well. Just <laughs> sounds like bad business to me. Yeah, exactly. Mm. All right. Well, my challenge for this week, this comes from a member inside the Your Strata Property online membership community. If you haven't heard of that before, head over to yourstrataproperty.com.au forward slash membership and you can find out all about what membership offers. But this was a member inside the forum who asked the question as to whether or not it was legal for there to be a clause in a contract for sale. So when you're purchasing your strata unit, is it legal that there's a clause in the contract that says you must vote the way that the former owner directs you to vote? Now, we saw this quite a few years ago when there were developers who were selling off the plan. Mm. So we would call them the original owner. And I think it was amendments, Rena, you might tell me, it was a while ago, it might have been 2008 amendments or a, a while back to the Strata Schemes Management Act that made clear that developers or original owners who were selling off the plan could not include, or if they did include in their contracts for sale, a requirement that the purchaser vote in their favour or as they direct or pursue to... Or give them a proxy, I think. Or give them a, proxy a proxy or a power of attorney mm. that those clauses were void in the contract. Now, that's been part of our law for some years and this particular member hadn't bought from the developer, the original owner, but there was still that clause in their contract, which was kind of bizarre, and they had asked me, is that still illegal? And I looked to Schedule 1 of the Strata Schemes Management Act 2015 here in New South Wales and I saw in Clause 27 of Schedule 1 that indeed that is illegal, even if it's not the original owner who's including that clause in your sale contract, that is illegal as well. So, the relevant clauses in Schedule 1, and I'll put links to these in the show notes, are Clause 25, which deals with the original owner, and Clause 27, which is a blanket provision that basically says any clause in a contract for sale that requires the purchaser of a lot or any other person to cast a vote at the direction of another person is void and unenforceable. 
So that's something really important to remember. I find it surprising that these clauses are still around when that's been our law for some time and kind of scary that the clauses are around and people are complying with them or think that they need to comply with them and don't realise that they are in fact illegal. So I'm really glad that that member was able to raise that question in the forum and, and shed some light to that issue. Mm, that's a good one to note. Mm. All right, so let's move on to some wins. What's your win for this week, Rena? Well, in a scheme that I manage, I had an owner that was trying to um, railroad some work before Christmas. Um, they wanted, they had rented out the apartment for some time and the tenant had left, so there was a bit of time before Christmas and then obviously in the new year to try and do some work, Amanda, and they, they lined up a builder and everything. And they wrote to me and they said, this is what we want to do. And I said, no, well, they wanted to remove an internal wall. And I said, well, do you have an engineer's report? Well, we, yeah, we do have one. And it said that structural beams would have to replace those where the walls had been re- removed. So straight away I knew realised that that was actually an alteration to common property. We need a bylaw. And there had been some other work in that scheme where people had not submitted special bylaws. So the committee was quite wary of people trying to, you know, do this. So I wrote to them I, and I gave them so much information. I said, you know, you need to get – this is an example from another building. I wiped out all the stuff, even though it's a, it's a public document. I didn't want to give them that sort of detail. I said, so I wiped out all the information. So this is the type of thing we need to use, a bottle that pretty much includes these points. And then he was, a, I think, a retired lawyer and said, well, you know, why – should we have to have the responsibility of future repairs and maintenance? I said, because it's, you know, beyond our tenure of ownership. I said, well, basically, it was during your tenure of ownership that the work was carried out, not the person that then buys your lot subsequently. So that's why the onus on repairs and maintenance will fall on you and every other person um, in perpetuity that buys that lot. Anyway, so after back and forth, they were trying to then bypass me as an agent and go straight to the strata committee, which they had gone to a meeting on, on a weekend. And the committee had met with the person and told them that they needed more things than what I had even asked for. You know, even mm-hmm. though I wanted structural drawing, they said, no, we want our own engineer to also inspect, you need to pay for that, etc. And I said to the committee, well, why wasn't that minuted anyway? And I said, I mean, it was after the meeting. I said, well, you should send me an email moving forward so at least we've got a record that this was something that was also communicated to them as well. So they decided not to proceed um, as far as I know until I heard mm-hmm. on Monday that there was some work going on and I wrote to them and said, oh, we're just doing cosmetic work. We're just – the handyman's just doing some painting, etc." So – yeah, but unfortunately, I think people, when they want to renovate, and this happens to me and my, and my team quite a lot, they want to renovate, Amanda, there's there's deadlines, if there's tenancies, people moving in and out, you've got to try and take advantage of the, win- of the window. Um, obviously, as the apartment's not being rented out, they're losing rent, so there's lots, lots of income, and there's committees sometimes, you know, may hold meetings, and sometimes they said, no, our next meeting's in two months, people have to wait. So there's a lot of pressure on the front of managers and um, committees, I think, when it comes to renovations, and I think having um, a good bylaw in place to allow minor renovations to occur, yep. where the committee can give the consent as opposed to general meeting resolution is also a good thing that schemes should look into, but if you want to do more than that, then you need to have a special bylaw as an owner. Yeah. Uh, what's really interesting in our new law, the, the 2015 Strata Schemes Management Act here in New South Wales, is that we have this section, it's section 145, and I'll put a link to it in the show notes, and it relates to um, what we call common property rights bylaws, so what used to be exclusive use, special privilege yeah. bylaws, where you're, you're being granted the right to use a particular part of the common property. That section 145 now makes very clear that while the bylaw remains in force, 
it is binding on the owner for the time being of the lot mm. specified in the bylaw. So that just goes to your point, Rena, about uh, the bylaw being applicable not only to the person who's doing the work, but the future, the future mm. owners of the lot, they are going to be bound by the obligations set out in the bylaw. And particularly if the bylaw requires the payment of money, so where somebody might be granted the exclusive use of common property and the owners corporation has said that's on the condition that you pay us some kind of a license fee or some money for that benefit, then anyone you sell that lot to also becomes liable to pay that money under the bylaw. And that's set out clearly in section 145 now. So if you or any of the lot owners that you might be advising as a manager, you're trying to draw to their attention that these rights are not only going to affect them, but anyone that they sell to, then shoot them a copy of section 145. Yeah, it's good advice, Amanda. And hopefully uh, this owner in particular, Rena, has decided maybe not to proceed with such extensive yeah, works or I think so. Yeah. And I think also they were trying to get it done before Christmas or early in the new year. I think that's a bit well, yeah, because the chairperson apparently was away and they said, Well, I need the strata roll. Do you have to be there? Mm. So well, I think the committee would want me to be there. Um, <laughs> you know, you might not want me. So they're trying <laughs> to hold a separate meeting, oh, get yeah. everyone's addresses and and the committee definitely did not want to have a bar of any of that. And was this somebody who had just bought in or? No, it's been an owner for a long time, but oh, it's been okay. out for many years, Amanda. So this, the, a long-term tenant had left and therefore they were taking advantage of right. renovating it. And Yeah, Yeah. well, you've been in Strata for a long time. You should know. You should know how yeah. it operates. You do see a lot of people <laughs> who are just buying in and, you know, haven't yeah, been properly different. educated yet and, and don't understand that if they want to rip out the bathroom, well, you're going to have to get consent for that. Yeah, well, interesting to see if that all becomes too hard and, and they just move on with yeah. getting another tenant in there. Exactly. All right. Well, my win for this week relates to some tribunal proceedings that I've been involved in. It was quite a drawn out proceeding. It started under the old act before a strata schemes adjudicator and it was a commercial lot and a restaurant, in fact, and the restaurant had removed part of the ceiling. And when the Owners Corporation found out that this was the case, they were particularly concerned about fire safety because it was a ceiling that, because of the materials that had been used in the ceiling, had preserved the fire safety of the building. And they had asked the commercial owner to reinstate the ceiling. And the owner had said, well, the ceiling is not actually common property. It's lot property. Mm. And because it's lot property, we can remove it and we don't need your consent. No, we're not putting it back. And they had relied on the fact that it was a bit of an unusual ceiling. It was actually, uh, they called it a false ceiling. Oh, yes. um, we called it a dropped ceiling <laughs> because that, yeah, suited, I mean, that suited our purposes before the tribunal. Um, I mean, what is a false ceiling? There's a ceiling there. I mean, what's false about it? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <Not> yeah. real. <laughs> so we, um, we ended up before the adjudicator having an argument about what was originally there when the building was strutted and it was an existing building um, before it became a strata plan. So a surveyor had gone in and, and drawn a plan around an existing already constructed building and we had some evidence on from the surveyor who actually drew the plan to say that that ceiling was always in place and that it is in fact common property. That was disputed by the owner, the adjudicator found in our favour and the owner appealed to the tribunal. Mm. So it took um, about 12 months this case was sort of 
submissions going on, the hearing, and then we waited a long time for a decision and we've just received it recently and the tribunal has confirmed that indeed the dropped ceiling is in fact common property and has directed the lot owner to apply to the owners corporation for consent, for retrospective consent to have removed that ceiling and there's been a time frame placed on that. So the owner has to apply by a particular date and if the owners corporation receives that application, then it must convene a meeting and consider that application and of course not unreasonably refuse it if it meets all requirements. So for example, if there's a bylaw in place that shifts responsibility for the affected common property onto the lot owner and make sure that they're properly insured and indemnifying and particularly dealing with those issues of fire safety. So one of those really black letter, if you like, strata cases, what is lot property, what is common property, where does the boundary lie? And particularly when you're dealing with false or dropped ceilings, these things can get a little bit confusing, but that was a good win there for our owners corporation client. Oh, that's a great outcome, Amanda. Yeah, so that case is actually reported and I will put a link to that in the show notes. It's the case of Milani, M-E-L-A-N-I, mm-hmm. and the owners of Strata Plan number 22214. So there is a nicely reasoned decision there from the tribunal. Um, it was made under the old law, under the 1996 Act, but mm-hmm. uh, an interesting read there for anybody who wants to check that out. And I'll make sure that's also inside our case database, which is accessible to members of the YSP online community. That's great, Amanda. So anything else to add, Rena? No, it's all good. Just getting back into the swing of things. Yeah, that's it. You know what? It is episode 96, four more episodes, and we are at episode 100. We have something very special planned, don't we, Rena? We do. (laughs) (laughs) So make sure you keep tuning in and uh, look forward to episode number 100. Catch you next time. Bye, Amanda. Thank you for listening to Your Strata Property, the podcast which consistently delivers to property owners reliable and accurate information about their strata property. You can access all the information below this episode via the show notes at www.yourstrataproperty.com.au. You can also ask questions in the comments section, which Amanda will answer in her upcoming episodes. How can Amanda help you today? today?